Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Eleven to one. Monday motivation. Motivation. On LMFM. Inspiring, amazing. I feel like these words don't quite do justice when it comes to describing my next guest. She's been through a huge amount of suffering, enough for several lifetimes, from experiencing multiple miscarriage over a six year period, being diagnosed with a rare blood disorder, living with Crohn's disease, which then eventually deteriorated, leading to major spinal surgery, which resulted in her learning to have to walk again. Pauline Harley has reached rock bottom yet again and again, yet she has endured. She's picked herself up. In 2014, after hitting a low point, she vowed this would never happen again and began to implement real changes, which has led her into a career as a career coach, an award-nominated career coach who's been working with individuals at all stages of their careers and at all levels. So from graduates all the way up to VPs and CEOs. I'm delighted to have Pauline Harley on the line for Monday Motivation. How are you doing, Pauline? I'm good. Thanks for the introduction, Sinead. Well, listen, Thrilled to be here. Uh, delighted to have you because when I was reading up on different aspects of your life, you know, from having a baby at a young age, then multiple miscarriage, various health complications, you know, the spinal surgery, learning to walk again, then becoming an incredible bodybuilder, then being made redundant, <laughs> then setting up your own business. I mean, it's like the lives of <laughs> 10 people, not just one, Pauline. You are a warrior. Not an in, You're not just an inspiration. You're a warrior. There's, there's so many layers to us all, isn't there, really? Um, it's just kind of peeling them back and, as I said, adding more colour to your life once you can figure out what brings you to life, you know, wondering that whole creative self that we all are. Curiosity, that's the key to it, I think. Yeah. Staying curious. Well, I'm, I'm definitely curious about your life. But let, let's go back and unpack all of this, right? Because myself and yourself have things in common, Polly. We both met the love of our lives yeah. when we were teenagers. You were 16, good, I was 17. Uh, both of us had our first child in our early 20s as well. What was yeah. your experience like being a young mum? Because we're going back to mid 90s for you, yes? 90s, 96, Sinead, my son, Ian, was born. And. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, part of me is like glad maybe there weren't things like mummy influencers on the internet because I just had to get on with it. Um, obviously, being a young mum, uh, like, I just think I connected with it naturally as we all do. It's just mm. just in most of us women, isn't it? You yeah. know, and uh, I think my son has just been like such an inspiration to me because he is such a blessing in 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 our circumstances you know he just brings such light and life uh into me breeds a bit of youth and perspective into me as well now he's 24 now will he be 25 this month in a few weeks um and just, you know, I was very lucky. My mum was a huge part. My mum and dad were a huge part of my life when, when my son was young. So we lived there with them till he was four. And, you know, my mum, again, huge um, 
part of my life mm. so and and Ian's life you know and as I said you unfortunately passed away suddenly at 66 but you know as I said I guess I was I was kind of lucky because we had such supportive we, yeah. we had very supportive family members on both sides and um you it know makes, it makes said, such a difference yeah, it really does it yeah makes a huge as, difference. as shock as it was at the time I wouldn't change a thing you mm. know as I said, I'm 45 now I have this beautiful 25 year old nearly now in a few weeks who just you know brings such joy like such joy to every every day of my life you know and I'm very mm. grateful to have him in light of the circumstances with the miscarriages you know yeah because let's go into that because after you you got married and settled and everything else you decided to have another child but unlike with Ian your, mm. your first son uh, things were not easy to say the least when did you realize that the next pregnancy wasn't going to be the same as your first when did you notice kind of complications well I was it was ten years later. He would have been ten actually when mm. when the second second pregnancy, which again actually wasn't planned, but did come as a as a joy in its own right. Um, and I suppose I got to about the six weeks, seven weeks mark, and I just knew I just knew that things weren't right. Um, attended my GP, had to get appointments for the early pregnancy unit in the rotunda. But we were going away that weekend. We were going away actually to, to the famous Kilkenny Cats Laughs Comedy Festival in Kilkenny, June Mancology. And I remember just thinking, I'll go, you know, I'll try and go and wow, okay. maybe distract myself mm. from this and wait because I couldn't get the appointment, obviously, in the hospital until obviously after the bank holiday. And I just remember driving down in the car and I put my two feet against the the driver, the passenger side, obviously against the the car. Um, oh, the, the glove pl- compartment. The, the glove yes. compartment. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. And I just thought, this is it. This isn't going to to remain with me. I just mm. knew. And um, the next day, I, I miscarried in Kilkenny um, in the hotel. And uh, I just, you know... I remember that, you know, there was just this sense of, okay, that's it now. Um, Mm. It's done. Um, You know, I went out and drank myself stupid, might I add, the next day. And I always remember my husband was kind of like, you know, drinking cigarettes would have been one of my crutches. Yeah. Um, And I remember him taking, (laughs) if I recall, a pint of bummers out of my hand the next day. And uh, a cigarette and telling me that we didn't know, we didn't quite know yet whether this was over and that I should stop. Um, and I didn't. I just, I, I remember it was just that numbing kind mm. of paralysis. Uh, I didn't want to feel, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was probably a huge part of my life um, for many years. I, I didn't want to feel because to feel would mean I might have to do something about it. Um. And yeah, and, was... and I mean, this this continued like, I mean, I read the piece, a really powerful piece that you wrote in, in the Irish Independent about your experience with miscarriage. You know, mm. we're talking about mm. several babies here over six years. I can't mm. even begin to wrap my head around this, along with just mm. the pure anguish that goes with this. How do you then pick up the pieces? Is it possible to pick up the pieces? It's 
it's possible on your terms because there's no right way or wrong way I think to do this it's very individual uh, for any woman or, or man um, who goes through this you know mm. losing uh, children through stillbirth or miscarriage or, or, or later on you know it's um, it's that's part of letting go of the shame I think you know I, I, I've been doing a lot of research on this on shame around miscarriage yeah. um, recently and it, I, I think I don't know what it is in Ireland about shame I just I, I think you know I kind of felt it was my God-given right to be able to bear children I suppose in that context and when that's taken away from you you just feel inadequate um, mm. that there's no there's something um missing yeah part of you missing and and there's kind of a bit of, a bit should I say a lot of guilt attached to that um and I think to overcome it the biggest piece for me was letting go of that shame and guilt and the continual kicking myself mm. around the place literally um in every possible context of trying to nitpick at everything that I I did wrong instead of trying to actually encourage myself that this was completely out of my control, you know. Because, um, of course, it was because and, you were diagnosed yeah. with this rare blood disorder known as APS, which link is linking into this uh, multiple pregnancy mm. loss. Yes. Mm, antiphospholoid syndrome mm. yeah and they don't do that testing till you know as many women in Ireland who have had miscarriages know they won't they won't do that until after you've had three miscarriages so wow. you do go through that spell of three losses um of not knowing and sometimes some women never find out you know yeah. sometimes some women never get any answers and then they could have seven or eight miscarriages and you know they have a successful pregnancy um but this antiphospholite syndrome is an antibody that was found in my blood. It's a, like an autoimmune disorder, as far as I'm aware. And again, not the medical expert on this, mm. but I think it can be connected to some women who have lupus as well seem to have this in their blood and it shows up. Um, mine only showed up in pregnancy, uh, believe it or not. Right, and, okay. Um, it didn't cause me any other complications. Uh, again, it was an immune response to a, a, an embryo in my body, which mm. effectively fought like a foreign body. Right. So it did everything possible to get rid of it. Um, and, you know, the theme with my recurrent losses where they were all very early, they were all mm. like before this seven, eight week mark, you know. Okay. And uh, the antiphospholite syndrome is, 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 it's kind of a rigorous procedure they go to testing because they do blood tests kind of two, three months apart to consistently show that the antibody is in your blood. Um, but I'm grateful to say in the last year, I've been back with my consultant hematologist who has had to repeat the testing uh, for me and the antibody has now dissipated, okay. which is unusual mm. and quite rare. And again, I'm not the medical expert in this. So we have come to a conclusion that this was something that was triggered by a foreign body, um, being the by an embryo being treated. Yeah, okay. yeah. And okay. it is, it is, 
a diagnosis that many women will get with recurrent miscarriage. Um, and again, hasn't caused me any other problems in relation to blood clotting or mm. because it is blood, it is yeah. a rare blood clotting. It's quite rare, actually. Um, but commonly seen, as I said, with people with uh, lupus and stuff. I think the only complication it could have caused me now is if, if I was getting AstraZeneca vaccines, I wouldn't have been able to get that one because oh, I had yes. a history of that. But okay. that's the only, uh, the only thing that you can the only think contradiction. Of now. Yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah. you. But it's fine. And, and and in terms of, you know, because you already had Crohn's, uh, you know, as well as this. So and then in 2010, this major, well, a couple of major things happened with your mum's sudden passing. And then this led yeah. this, the Crohn's deteriorated, which led you to needing surgery on your spine. Tell me about this. Yeah, I ended up having my spine fused at 34 uh, years of age. Yeah. I had chronic deterioration of my spine for years. But, you know, I I was quite obese you know I was kind of tipping the 14 14 and a half stone mark at that stage again to kind of numbing out for years mm. uh alcohol cigarettes emotional uh binge eating uh not kind of sitting with the emotions around that and trying not to feel effectively so it one thing just led to the other um I remember I <laughs> stood in a bank one day uh cashing a check and I was in the queue and my two legs went from under me and I thought what is this now (laughs) what's going on here yeah um and I I remember I just got I didn't know whether I'd fainted or not because I didn't actually feel anything I didn't actually feel any pain in my back you know I had pain in my back kind of on and off for years and you know again just uh you know put that on the on the back burner yeah uh, we'll leave that there and we'll get back to it again and uh, I remember picking myself up and dusting myself off and going in and ringing my dad and uh, saying I, I think you need to come down and collect me from work something's out to happen and so uh went to my doctor the next morning and lo and behold I was an A&E and they told me basically um most of my L4, L5, S1 was crushed. It was gone completely. Uh, I had two major uh, disc prolapses uh, pinching out onto uh, my spinal cord, not quite impinging it, but enough to make me lose sensation in my legs uh, temporarily uh, Mm. when I went down that time. Uh, So, yeah, from there on in, it was six months of... uh, Complete and utter hell is all I can describe it. And it, it's it's it was probably one of the worst pains I have ever felt in my life because it goes from your brain to your foot twenty four seven. Again, I literally was I couldn't numb out from that at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no matter the amount of drugs they gave me, um, and you know I felt like a zombie for a lot of it because the drugs were so strong. And eventually, I just decided, you know there was a lot of talk about just pain management with Mm. this and they effectively looked at me and said, there's nothing we can do with that except fuse your spine, but they didn't want to do it because I was only 34 at the time. Um, And I just said, no, just fuse it. Just, I I need to get myself to a consultant who's willing to do this for me uh, because where I was going just wasn't going there. Yeah. Uh, So decided ironically, probably for the first time in my life to take back control and get myself mm. a consultant who would be willing to do this on me at 34 years of age and take a chance. Um, and he did. Um, my consultant, uh, Marcus Timlin in the Matter Private, took me on board and literally I have never looked back. I knew the surgery wouldn't, would I, 
I've said to myself, I can handle the pain of this surgery and learning to begin again and walk again because I've been through six, seven months of life and temporarily disabled effectively because I could do nothing. Um, And that was, you know, probably in addition to the loss of my mum, one of the hardest times because she she effectively passed away uh, in July 2010 and I had the surgery in October 2010. And I remember, ironically, I had kind of gone on to Dr. Google and was looking for reasons not to get this surgery done because yeah. I, I got fearful then because, there, you know, there were so many risks, you of know. Of course, yeah, um, understandably. I have a major surgery on your spine and it might work, you know, may not work, you may not be able to walk again, we could hit something, you could be permanently disabled. And I remember this is so weird, like the universe is so weird. Um, my operation was actually due to be scheduled for November and by October, I had got it into my head that I might consider backing out of this literally because I was fearful. And I remember going to my mum's grave. um, I think it was about the 6th of October, 6th or 7th of October, roughly. And sitting there and thinking to myself, give me some direction, you know, ask me, asking her questions. Will I, what will I do? And the next morning I got a phone call to say to come into the hospital. There was a, a, a cancellation no way. in the bed for me to do she the was, surgery. She was the with you. Day. She was with you. Yes, right there. it was so strange. Yeah, it was and, so strange. Yeah. And, you know, going through all of this, because we're, we're, we're touching on the, some of the surface of this, because I know, um, you know, 2014 was another difficult time for you again. And this is when mm-hmm. you kind of change started to be implemented. But what have you learned about yourself going through all of these challenges? That I have massive strength that I never gave myself credit for, you know. Mm. Um, And I think that is just, I I was always aware of the fact that, you know, I could control things, but maybe there was a part of me that just didn't want to control them because I was fearful that maybe if I did get back control, I'd have to maintain it and there'd be judgments around that. I remember going through a a phase when I had overcome a lot of this feeling so not worthy and deserving of what I had achieved. And that was a really tough phase because, you know, when you lose a lot of weight and you start getting your health back and stuff, then there there comes this kind of intense, insane pressure that you put on yourself to maintain this, you know. And, you know, I had documented a lot of my weight loss journey and return to whole health um, online on an older blog of mine. And, you know, I did that to kind of hold myself accountable, you know. But then with that uh, came this insane sense of, I remember being at... um, a concert in in the three arena with my husband and uh, he took this photograph of me and I remember looking at it and uh, thinking that was a night the night it was December probably 2015 that I thought to myself my god I'm gonna have to maintain this and this is gonna be really really hard so I'm gonna have to get strategies in place in my head Mm. about how I think and talk to myself otherwise this whole year year and a half of working on losing the weight and emotionally regulating myself will have been a complete waste of time. And I fear if I had rebounded then, I would have rebounded even worse than ever before. Um, And that's the thing I learned. The thing I learned about myself is is the importance of how I talk to myself and how I treat myself and how I prioritize my definition of whole health and self-care in that space because it's very individual, you know, 
you know, and you're so right because women do this all the time, particularly, and you know, we we have a lot of this negative self thought that creeps in, particularly when you know, say things mm. are going well for ourselves as well. Like you very, yeah, you know, well yeah. well said there. You know, in terms of you know, career going well, body looking amazing, you know, and then all of a sudden mm. it's this. Well, how are we going to keep this up? How are we going to maintain it? I did yeah. read that you have a gratitude journal. And what I love as well, and I have to mention this, you love to curse profusely at least once a day, which is a fantastic release. And I tried this the other day and it's incredible. But I'm wondering, are these things part of your morning routine? Do you have a specific morning routine and would you care to share it with us? Uh, yeah, the morning routine thing is interesting, isn't it? Again, very individual for, for people. Yeah. Um, I, you know, look, I, I'm a big gym goer. I, 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 it's part of my life. Um, the gym obviously won't be open now for another month or so. But when the gyms are open, uh, myself and my son will be up at 6, 7 a.m. We get to the gym and we'll train for an hour and then we'll come back and we'll sit down. We'll have our cup and chat. And then I just kind of lean into the day from there on in. Again, it's a whole process, I suppose, of when I'm in the gym and I'm training, I am consistently reminding myself how grateful I am to be able to do this, you know, yeah. and, and I'm really embracing it because I'm not going to be able to do it for the rest of my life, but I'll certainly do it for the best part of my life. And like, if I can get to my 80s and I can f- lift a few light weights, even if I'm in a nursing home, I'd be tri- thrilled with myself. <laughs> Pauline, but, I have no um, doubt that, that that will be you in it, the nursing home. Trying yeah. to lift these Fantastic lady. Listen, it's been wonderful speaking to you. I mean, I, I haven't even touched on the whole career transformation, but maybe welcome. it might come back and we'll we'll have a chat about that. But listen, thank you so, so much for joining me for Monday Motivation today. Thanks, Sinead. Take good care of yourself. You too. Thanks a million. Bye. Bye bye. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.